to Bramble Jam Podcast. Hi, I'm Bran, and I love Christmas movies that have been released since I was born. I'm Alonzo, and I love Christmas movies that were made in the oh century or so before Bran was born. And this is the Deck the Hallmark Podcast. Oh, it's good to be back on a Monday, a Monday, Monday, Ooh. Monday. It feels right. It's in been a January. while. A Monday in January. Yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, Alonzo, <laughs> happy new year to you. Um, happy new year. How was your, your holiday? I hope that it was good and full of uh, fun and cheer. It was. It was terrific. And, uh, you know, I mean, the world is still a giant mess, but we we made the best of it. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see still got the tree up because uh, lapsed Catholic that I am, I still insist on it being there until Epiphany. Yes, I have my uh, I still have a fake tree up in my house. But the real one, <laughs> the real one that we have in the living room was uh, I woke up, uh, I think, on the 30th and there were just like. 10 ornaments on the ground and i was like ah no. i don't i so i i made it to new year's day and i was like okay okay as long as i get ours, to into the new year i'll feel okay sure ours is still drinking water which is amazing <sighs> to me because it it showed up the day before thanksgiving which was earlier than we wanted it to but you know what are you gonna do yeah, well, well for what i paid for my tree this year i wanted it to be drinking until saint patrick's day but what can you well, do sure <laughs> what can you do it's the, it's the world you know um well very excited this year as a lot of people hopefully uh, remember last year on mondays alonzo would join me and dan and we would cover a made for tv movie a christmas movie from a different channel uh such as you know, Lifetime Up, BET, et cetera, and go listen to those. Those are a lot of fun. Uh, Dan is no longer with us on Mondays. He's still with us uh, as, a, as a person. And so Alonzo and I were brainstorming what is something fun we can do. And I think we've come up with a pretty fun idea that will get us to uh, Christmas in July, and it's something we're calling the 25 Weeks of Christmas Movies. It'll, it'll lead right up into Christmas in July, and we're going to do something crazy where – each week, Alonzo is going to bring to me a movie that came out before I was born that I have never seen before. I sent Alonzo a very long list uh, <laughs> of movies that I have seen, such as like, you know, Deck the Halls and stuff. And uh, it started as, it sent me a list of movies you haven't seen. Then it was like, just send me the ones you have yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah, How yeah, about yeah. that? Yeah. And so I sent him that list and he's uh, going to bring me uh, a movie that I've never seen probably gonna be in black and white and from the cover i'm gonna hate it um but i'm gonna watch it and then we're gonna we're gonna talk about it which is gonna be exciting then the following week and this is very exciting too i'm gonna bring alonzo one of my favorite christmas movies that have come out since i was born and chances are alonzo hates it or maybe hasn't or seen I'm, it or maybe never seen it that's yeah, right and so, so i'm gonna make way, i'm gonna make him sit through it so it's a real uh uh every other week type of thing uh <laughs> you know, one of us is gonna be happy i think but i'm excited <laughs> because uh alonzo you'll remember this when we met i had not seen it's a wonderful life oh i remember and yeah. i have <laughs> since seen it i, I yes. watched it that holiday season holiday season 2018 and I have watched it every year since. It is a fantastic right. movie, absolutely great. And so I am uh, prepared to uh, be wrong with my black and white thesis. Although you, uh, I won't tell you how I watch It's a Wonderful Life, but I guess you could probably make assumptions. Oh, uh, but I watch it, Alonzo, and that's what matters. I watch it. 
baby steps. I, I I hope if nothing else that this this little experiment kind of like shows you that black and white movies can be awesome and that you don't have to feel like they're they're like scary or you know good for you or something. That's right. Um, so I have no idea the movie that Alonzo is going to tell me that I got to watch. Um, and then he's going to tell me, he's going to set it up for us. We'll go to break and in the break, uh, it's going to be a very long, uh, probably about a two hour <laughs> break. Uh, we'll watch it and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. So Alonzo kick us off the first week of 25. Which one are we watching this week? All right, so I'm going to get the ball rolling because we're doing these in chronological order. That was yes. the other thing. And so it works out fine because I think this is this would be a movie I'd want to start with anyway. Um, this is a comedy from 1940, and it is, I think, in a lot of ways, the, the Rosetta Stone of the modern American romantic comedy. Like, you've never seen this movie, Brand, but I swear to you, you've seen at least two movies that I know of, and probably more, that borrow a lot from its basic premise, its plot, and um, just its general structure. And so uh, we're going to go back to the source. From 1940, this is Ernst Lubitsch's The Shop Around the Corner. Uh, do you know anything about this movie? I know the name, Okay, that is it. I can't tell you a single thing about it. Now, was It's a Wonderful Life the first movie you ever saw that had Jimmy Stewart in it? Yeah, first and only. Right. Well, this will be your second. Great, I love him. <laughs> so uh, let, me, I, let me ask you this, because it's sure. a, a shop around the corner. Uh, I'm used to, from the title, it being apparent that it's a Christmas movie. Uh, how, how Set my expectations so that I know what I'm getting into here with a 1940 uh, movie. It is, it is set entirely, um, you know, during the Christmas season in a store, which is where I think a lot of us wind up spending a great deal of the Christmas season. Um, like I said, uh, you will recognize its rom-com bones in, in, from other films that, that came later. Um, and it's one of those movies where it is set in Hungary, because that's where the original play is set, but it is a very MGM film in terms of the fact that like no one's almost no one's doing an accent and you know jimmy stewart is not trying to pretend to be hungarian in the slightest and it's fine it's fine nobody needs that um so yeah i I, you know lubich is one of the greats uh of this genre like billy wilder who would later go on and make films like some like it hot and the apartment famously kept a giant banner in his office that said how would lubich do it um and there's he had a thing that, that sort of, in his own office in his own office billy wilder had in his office a, a banner that said, how would lubich oh do okay it? got it got it got it, got it. No, yeah, no lubich didn't have that. <laughs> i was about that to say be, that is a, a bold move my friend <laughs> that would be kind of tacky yeah um but no and and so there's this thing that's sort of known as the lubich touch like the way that he was able mm. to like integrate character and comedy and keep it light but also you know like have things to say about the human condition um this is just a really charming and funny movie and and uh, again I, none of these are in the same way as with, with uh, you know, when I was doing a film and a movie with Dan, I'm not out to punish anybody. These are movies yeah. that I genuinely love. I wrote about all I of these I don't films. know about that, though. I saw some of the movies Dan was watching for a film and a movie, and I beg to differ, my friend. I beg to differ. There was a, there was a movie where a lady just stared at a camera for like 10 minutes. 
<laughs> you will nothing. not have to watch anything like that for this show. I okay. promise you okay. that. But but all of these are films that I wrote about in my book. Have yourself a movie, Little Christmas, yes. and that I think are genuinely great. And I'm excited that you're getting to see them for the first time. I I genuinely think you're going to love these movies, and I, I think this one definitely is going to get us off on a good start. What is uh what is your history uh, with this movie? You know, to be honest, this was a movie that I I also got to uh, after having seen at least a remake or two. Oh, okay. um, so it's been remade. Know. Oh, several times. Okay. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about that after you see it and you'll, you'll probably be able to, you know, name a couple of them off the top of your head. Um, gotcha. but I, I sort of worked my way backwards to it. But when one of the remakes came out in the nineties, um, I was running a film festival in Dallas called the USA film festival. And in our monthly classic series, I thought, oh, well, let's let's screen the original. And that was the first time I saw it. So I got to see it on the big screen and everything. And I was just immediately charmed. And I understood why people loved it so much. Like if you this is one of those movies that if you look it up in books about cinema, they're like everybody's just sort of rapturous about and deservedly so. It's a it's a really great film. I'm very excited about it. And there's a link in the description of each of these episodes on Monday yes. uh, with how you can watch this uh, from different various uh, streaming sites. So I'm excited to check it out. Can you give me like a quick little uh, synopsis so I kind of know what I'm getting into? Sure. Uh, it's a it's a love story about um, two people who can't stand each other, but also are uh, wildly in love with each other, but they don't know it. All right. All right, I'm in, I'm in. You've piqued my interest. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back from that break, I will have seen this movie and we will discuss it uh, with a, this is going to be crazy. It's going to, I think, uh, take a lot of people by surprise with four segments. I think it's something what? that they might do. I know, but maybe different segments. Who knows? Who, who can tell? Uh, razzle dazzle? Maybe razzle dazzle. Maybe razzle dazzle. Listen, <laughs> if a 1940s movie deserves something, it's, not, it's a razzle dazzle, I'll tell you that much. Uh, so let's take a quick break. We'll come back with the shop around the corner. A shop or the shop? The shop. The shop here on Deck the Hallmark. We're back. We're talking uh, the shop around the corner, nineteen forty. Yes. Mm -hmm. First movie. I haven't seen it, Alonzo. You love it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about so, it. I know we're doing pre ninety two because that's the year you were born. Were either of your parents born in nineteen forty? I don't. I don't think so. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna guess not. Yeah. Okay. I don't think so. so just just getting the, the perspective here. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's talk about it. Uh, let's do the hot take. I, I, I'll let you start. I mean, I, you, obviously you like it, but I, I want to hear a little bit more uh, about it. <laughs> oh, uh, we, don't, we don't get the brand plot synopsis on these? No, that's a, no, That's no. a disappointment. I'm so sorry. Oh, fine. Uh, okay. Well, you know, this is, I think, uh, like I said before, this, this movie kind of lays out the map for so much of what we would think of as kind of the contemporary rom-com in terms of like the 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 couple that can't stand each other but they actually love each other and and the you know the misunderstanding and the you know the duplicity and uh, i think also like really the workplace comedy is kind of born here as well you know mm. uh, things that would that you'd be seeing you know like the mary tyler moore show or the office or you know news radio like so many shows that are about these people that 
under normal circumstances would never come into contact with each other, but because they all work in the same place, they have, you have these personalities bouncing off of each other. Um, you know, I think a lot of that is, is there, but I just, this movie for me is just pure pleasure. You know, I, the, the performances are so good. The, the writing is so witty. Um, you know, there's such great chemistry between Stewart and Sullivan. Uh, I just think this movie fires on all cylinders. I agree. I do think it, it is. I, I, I did very much enjoy this movie. Uh, oh, good. Alonzo. Good, good. Jimmy Stewart is an absolute delight. He's just a delight <laughs> to watch. There's just something about him that is just so much fun. Like there's, there's no one else like him. I feel like, uh, yeah, he, you know, he, and, and even he sort of evolved over the course of his career. Like, you know, I think It's a Wonderful Life is sort of the tipping point between yeah. the early part of his career, which is more sort of like, you know, the the kind of charmingly stammering comedy guy. And then later, you know, he gets into much darker material. You look at movies like Anatomy of a Murder, you know, or Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Uh, but yeah, here he is absolutely just like straight up charming and you know, just physically in charge of, of what he's doing and, and his timing is exquisite. Um, yeah, I, I just, you know, you're right. There, there, there's nobody else like him. I think he, at, at the, the closest I can kind of come up with is, uh, and I think Jimmy Stewart's a, a, a far superior actor, but he kind of reminds me of a Jim Carrey where it's just such a, it's not just, it, there's something about the performance that is so engaging. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, there's just something about it. And Jim Carrey, when he was at his prime, uh, mm. when he was just like, there was just something about him that was like, you were just watching and be like, man, this guy is just going for it here. Well, I think, you know, Tom Hanks plays the Stuart role in the remake, uh, You've yep. Got Mail. And yep. I think that Tom Hanks is maybe about as close as we have to a Jimmy Stewart type now where he can be very sort of like the all-American beloved boy next door, but then can sort of reveal these little quirky odd bits. I mean, like early Tom Hanks was yeah. very goofy. If you look at like, you know, Bosom Buddies or uh -huh. Bachelor Party or whatever, um, you know, and then later he kind of comes into these more, the, the heavier dramatic work. And so, yeah, I, I, I would kind of put those two on the same yeah. plane in terms of even when he's playing a fairly straightforward character like this, he'll find these little moments of, you know, a double take or, or just a little kind of eccentric twist to something. I think the thing that stuck out to me while I was watching this was the time that they take on things like mm -hmm. scenes, the, the amount of time that is spent on a scene. Yeah. Uh, like so, for the the scene with the the cigarette box where they're introducing this cigarette box, play, right? Like that's a, a long scene <laughs> about that box, and it just keeps going and going. And yeah, yeah. but it was really it was really fun. Like I didn't I I wasn't hoping that this scene like all right let's just get going. Like yeah, I was enjoying sure, yeah. it as it was happening, but I I I definitely noticed how long the scene was. <laughs> Yeah, there are times, you know, I think, you know, people often point to like, I think Sesame Street is sort of the beginning of the end of our attention span <laughs> because everything was just so like da -da 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 and on to the next thing, you know. Um, and so you, sometimes with older movies, you have to kind of let them play out and, you know, they, they either feel very theatrically influenced or maybe even in some cases sort of like radio influenced, but things could go longer. And sometimes that that doesn't play in a modern sense where like there'll be like a big reaction to something or like a, 
a pause that just feels like dead air. But in this movie, you're right. The scenes are, they are longer. They do play out longer than a contemporary filmmaker would maybe let them do it. But there's always so much going on and everyone's so engaged and engaging in the scene that it never feels like you're like, get on with it already. And then the other thing that stuck out to me while I was watching it was uh, just the, it was so early. I, you know, I don't obviously don't know how the, the film history knowledge that you do, but I imagine that this was early on with a, a, like a heavy dialogue, a lot of talking. And there's just, there's some scenes with audio interference, like where there's like a, some buzzing, like some slight buzzing. Oh. If you're, if you're listening now, I rented it off Amazon. And so maybe it's uh, cle- cleared up in different versions. They've cleared up, but in the version that I was watching, there was some slight, oh. slight rustling. There was one uh, specific scene where there was like, um, like a, a slight, uh, like a slight whistle for just a second. That kind of sounded like, like when you put two walkie talkies together for a second, <laughs> like it was just a really quick moment. Um, and I found that to huh. be just really interesting. Like, or you know, it was just not uh, perfect. I don't know. I, I watched the Blu-ray and I didn't catch that, but then I, I, I wasn't like listening with headphones on. So I might, I imagine I for a, a, a Blu-ray, it's probably been, been fixed and i would i would think yeah i know one would, would hope yeah but um, i found that to be really interesting i just you know i love the structure of this thing like the the way that w- the way we learn about who these characters are at their core like just even the supporting characters like vadish you know who, who was such a great villain and just the way that everybody is instantly like no no i didn't say that i i need a witness i did not say that you know like right. that whole thing you know exactly who that guy is the the guy who every time mr matichik says i just want your opinion immediately like turns around and leaves like i don't know i do not want to be part of this conversation like that that reminds me of um there's a in the musical how to succeed in business without really trying um and uh and 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 there's a guy who's like run the mail room for like 50 years or something and and his whole secret is that like he never speaks up he goes along with whatever the company says if anybody asks for his opinion he's uh, i think the line is like um uh, suppose a genius makes suggestions. He says, watch that genius get uh, suggested to resign. Uh, so, you know, there's, the, there's those people who just like, they work in the company and they keep their head down and they don't want to like make any trouble. And that guy, just every time he turns on his heel and leaves the room when he hears the word, I want your opinion. Yeah. That just always makes me laugh. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thank you for, I, I'm happy. I, I'm happy that I have now seen it because oh, I've heard the yay. title. So I'm very happy that I finally got to see it. Uh, let's talk about feels. And I want to sure. focus this specifically. I want to focus on Christmas. So okay. I want to give some sort of like Christmas cheer ranking in this segment. <laughs> like as we think about Christmas movies and we think about sure. what we think of now with Hallmark movies where every scene and every inch yeah. of the screen is <laughs> Christmas thrown up. Like it, 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 you watch these movies and maybe it's a little bit different. So what kind of ranking would you give for Christmas cheer? Because uh, obviously you consider it a Christmas movie. It takes place at Christmas sure. time. So wh- where's it kind of at on that level for you? You know, for me, it is a combination of things. I mean, obviously, this is a movie that takes place over the span of, you know, a couple of months. So yes. it doesn't really not Christmas until the end part there. Um, but I think what it, it, it captures, first of all, like Christmas in a retail establishment is in and of itself, I think, interesting. And it's like just dramatically interesting, but it's also just kind of one of the public spaces that we associate with the Christmas season. You know, like I think Die Hard 2 being set in an airport is, you know, also very much kind of touching on – 
uh, a place that a lot of us wind up getting stuck during the holidays and maybe wish we weren't at. So that aspect of it, I think, kind of holds it over as a holiday film. And then I think, you know, for me, Christmas movies, you're right. Hallmark movies make it all very manifest and tangible. And here's the tinsel and the garland and the trees. But I think that there is something about the greatest Christmas movies that deals with it's holiday magic, not in the sense of like Santa or, you know, miracles happen. But I think that it, it addresses this idea that that Christmas is when we find our best selves. You know, if you're Scrooge, if you're the Grinch, whatever it is, there's something about the season that allows you to tap into the best version of yourself. And I think you see with, with uh, Clara and Alfred that they like do nothing but snipe at each other. And they like, you know, they're very hostile to each other in person, although they're very romantic in these sort of, you know, in, in, in the ethereal zone of, of the post office. Uh, I think that as they, at the end kind of find this piece, not just him knowing all along that she's the pen pal, but even her kind of softening and saying, you know what, when I first started here, I liked you and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think that for me is that Christmas feel of like, ah, oh, there's somebody like, you know, tapping into the better part. They're, they're better angels, you know? Yeah. So, you know, not enough Christmas for me. I have, a, I have a, so like for like, watching the newest Spider-Man, right? Like at the end of the movie, it's really Christmassy. But I'm not going <laughs> to just watch the new Spider-Man at Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie for me. Sure. So I kind of feel like that with this one. Obviously, the Christmas stuff at the end. Man, the the, the snow in these movies, like I've, mm. it is just amazing. And I love yeah. it. I love to see it. Um, the, the scene that kind of made me feel Christmassy, though, what, and it was one of my favorite scenes of the movie was when Jimmy Stewart was talking about the, the Christmas bonus. And, yes. and he's like, for, for a moment, you're a millionaire until you open it up. And it's just like <laughs> this one, like really, it really is. You get this Christmas bonus and it, you don't know how much it's going to be. And it, there's something right. about it that's just exciting. And um, so there were definitely elements of it that felt Christmassy, especially towards the end. But not enough to. Uh, it's not gonna. It's not gonna enter the brand circulation of Christmas movies. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, uh, because of that. But I think that makes it a, the movie, a kind of movie you could watch whenever. For and sure. It, you know, it, it, it absolutely works. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, yeah, the whole thing with the bonuses. I, I, I love Peppy in this whole movie. It's like one of my favorite things. But just at the end, when the new delivery guy gets handed a bill from Magic, it's like. Too much. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's also worth noting, by the way, real quick, like this is a, you know, this is a period piece, but it was a period piece when it came out because 1940, Hungary was dealing with this little thing called the Nazi army. Uh, and so like, even when this movie came out, this was already sort of like a charming throwback to like an earlier time of, you know, of, of Europe being, you know, this sort of like, you know, sentimentally civilized and, and and at peace kind of place. So we look at it this, you know, 80 years later as being like, you know, this movie set in a time and place, but even when it was new, it was already, con you know, trying to be kind of like hearkening back to an earlier period. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I, so I think it's a good, it's a good transition movie. And I think that's good. Like transitioning out of Christmas, but you still mm -hmm. want a little Christmas here. It is a good January 10th uh, oh, Christmas movie because you, you still want the Christmas cheer. You get a little of it towards the end of the movie. 
and the Christmas that is there is great. Like it's yeah. excellent. So I think in that it's uh, for me, it, I put it on the uh, the Christmas transition movie list and not in the Christmas movie list. If that makes sense to you, for Januarys to come, for Januarys <laughs> to come. That's exactly right. Um, to wrap up, I want us to spend some time talking about movies that kind of come to mind when you sure. think about this. And I, I have one, if you can believe it, but I want like, to let you go first because you, you are who you are. But movies that have been maybe inspired by this uh, throughout uh, time and time and space. Sure, yeah. I mean, this one, like I said, specifically has been remade officially a couple of times, you know, not just uh, You've Got Mail, but there was a Judy Garland musical called In the Good Old Summertime uh, with her and Van Johnson that's basically a, a straight-up uh, remake of this one. And uh, there's a Broadway show called She Loves Me that that also kind of is adapted from the... the this is based on... this. All of these are based on a play called Parfumery. Um and then, of course, I would say unofficially, you know, you've seen this kind of plot pop up in a lot of places most recently. And I don't know if this was going to be the movie you were going to bring up, but in Hallmark's Bottled with Love. Not the one I was going to bring up. Bottled with Love is absolutely shop around the corner. If you go back and look at it, Andrew Walker and this, the I forget who the, the leading lady is. They have this whole email romance where they don't know who each other is. And then he then they have to work together and they like, you know, have there's there's conflict. And then he figures out who she is before she discovers who he is. And yeah, that's that's one of many rom-coms over the years that have sort of lifted from this this premise of, you know, the the, the couple who. Uh, correspond romantically but in person are at odds has it ever been remade like title and all like just straight up like uh no 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 but uh but like i know that shop around the corner i mean i know that uh you've got mail acknowledges parfumery as its source material gotcha. perfumery as, as this does as well how long before uh shop around the corner was that play uh, the play, I think it was in the 60s. Okay. So you have in the good old summertime in the 40s, the play in the 60s, you've got mail in the 90s. So, you know, every so often it's a well people go back to. Gotcha. Um, it made me think of going back to the Hallmark well, uh, a movie mm -hmm. from this past year, which was uh, Christmas Promise, which is uh, the the phone relationship where you're. Oh, right, it's very right, different, right. but yes. similar <laughs> enough to where you're communicating with somebody, but you are also in relationship with that person sure, in real yeah, life yeah. and you don't know it and then the you know the 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 thing that always happens in Hallmark is they find out and they get really mad like I can't believe you didn't <laughs> so I I did appreciate that in this one it was just I'm excited like I'm very excited that it's you type of thing which is great right uh and Chris's promise you know she's got she has to go off and be mad for a little bit uh which is fine you know whatever but uh also happened to be one of you know in my top 10 for the year I love the Christmas promise I know I'm I'm not that's not a popular choice uh, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the year-end wrap-up episode. It didn't, it, it's not in my top five, guys. Okay. So just okay. everyone can just relax. Although I did, uh, I did think about throwing it in there. But what can you do? I would say if, if you're a fan of Shop Around the Corner, I would very much recommend that you check out uh, a film that Ernst Lubitsch, the director, made uh, the year prior to this in 1939, a comedy called Ninochka, um, which stars Greta Garbo as a Soviet functionary who comes to Paris and is seduced by Melvin Douglas and sort of like, you know, learns to learns to laugh, learns to, you know, like enjoy life and not be so strict and uptight. And it's a very charming comedy. And in fact, 
the guy in the film who plays the the dude who's always leaving the room whenever opinions are being solicited. He's he has a, a lead role in that film, and he's very funny in that one as well. I think the thing that I appreciate, and I hope that this continues, is that this mo- like I felt like when Dan was doing a film and a movie, he was mm. just always watching like just really long movies. And I don't, I don't have, I don't have time for that. I don't, I don't have the attention. So I appreciate this was a nice, smooth hour thirty-eight in and out. And I, that's that's a that's a golden window of time. I can't me. promise they'll all be that sleek, but I'll I'll see what I can see. Do. See what you can do. Um, well, we did it. Shop around a corner. Um, next week, I'm going to surprise you, um, right? Alonzo, I mean, and I'm going to tell I'm going to tell the listeners. What okay. I'm gonna assign you? You need to right, take your headphones off. When yeah. I can hear okay, it okay, okay. So next week I'm gonna make Alonzo watch one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time that I know he doesn't like. It's Jingle All the Way. That's what we're gonna be watching next week. I can't wait to tell <laughs> Alonzo. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, and so Alonzo, this was a lot of fun. I can't. I, I, you know, next week is gonna be fun for me. But I'm genuinely, I'm excited for two weeks from now. This, this was a very enjoyable experience. This is going to be a fun show. I hope people, uh, you know, climb on for the ride. It's going to be a, a really interesting back and forth between our own tastes in Christmas movies. Yes. Uh, until next, uh, oh, really tomorrow, but until next week, Alonzo, I'll tell you, <laughs> maybe I'll be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas. Deck the Hallmarks of Bramble Jam podcast. It's presented by Philo TV. It's produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in, yeah, that Greenville, South Carolina. Set decor is by Plum at Haywood Mall. For more information on Deck the Hallmark, you can go to deckthehallmark.com. For more information on Bramble Jam Podcast Network, you can go to bramblejampodcast.com. You're about to hear some ads that help keep the lights on here at the studio. Feel free to listen. Feel free to turn it off, whatever you want to. But either way, Thanks so much for your support.